Welcome back to another edition of my fully operational analysis. This time I'm talking about The Mandalorian Season 1, Chapter 5, which is called The Gunslinger. And in it, uh, <laughs> Mando and Baby Yoda are fleeing from uh, more bounty hunters who are after the child. And uh, they end up on Tatooine because the Razor Crest is damaged. He needs it repaired. Um, so in order for him to get it repaired, he has to do a thing. And then he does a thing and it gets repaired and then they leave. Right? That's the that's the shtick. Anyway, this episode was written and directed by Dave Filoni of uh, Star Wars, uh, The Clone Wars, and Rebels fame. And uh, I would say of The Mandalorian fame as well. As I, I think he's becoming a, a bigger deal to more Star Wars fans out there than... Uh, or even, you know, maybe more casual Star Wars enjoyers or fans, I guess. You can be a casual fan. That's that's fine with me. Anyway, uh, as I was watching this episode, watching how Mando took this other guy. What was his name? Rax Tyrell. That's, that's not his name. I know that's not his name. I'm just joking, guys. Anyway, uh, he took this other uh, bounty hunter under his wing because he needed money for uh, lunch uh, and gas. Um <laughs> Uh, anyway, he needed money to get the Razor Crest repaired and then to get them off planet, obviously. And, uh, anyway, the mechanic lady was interesting. Uh, I liked her overall. The new bounty hunter dude, he seemed cool. Um, I mean, he seemed kind of interesting. I don't think he died at the end there, so it means he can come back potentially. But then again, he could be dead if the pit droids are going to drag him all the way to Beggar's Canyon. I don't know that you could do that with a person who was just shot. They, you'd think they'd, like, get up or something. Anyway. But, uh, it was interesting to me. The, uh, Mando and this, uh, pup went after this hardened assassin who, uh, the New Republic <laughs> didn't want running around free anymore because she'd killed so many people for so many crime lords or crime families, including the Huts. Uh, that was all super interesting. Them going after her was interesting. It was less interesting because of, like, the action uh, although it was cool, it was a cool tactic that she had the high ground that they staked out and then that they blinded her with the flashes and they used their, you know, speeders and their, uh, you know, alternating, you know, flashes to get her that Mando made himself like a, a target, but, you know, he trusted in his best car and then the kid was able to, you know, get up behind her uh, and <laughs> provide enough of a distraction that Mando could catch her. But what's more interesting to me is the idea that Mando in the last episode was uh, helping farmers to learn how to fight and how to, you know, survive and deal with, uh, you know, with this threat. And in that time, in the few weeks that he spent there, uh, he became a little softer, a little more humanized, a little more attached. Uh, I was speaking specifically, uh, you know, to the child. And this time I want to say that I think he's just becoming, or I don't know if he's becoming or if there is being revealed about him through his actions and through his journey that there's more to him than just the Beskar, um, than just the cool Mandalorian armor, which is super dope, and of course I want one and all that stuff, but that's not the only appeal. The appeal is the human uh, inside, of the, uh, inside of the armor. And he's an interesting man because he is willing to, I don't know, put his life on the line in so many interesting ways. Um, there doesn't seem to be greed there. It seems like his motivation for earning money and earning lots of it and learning, earning quickly is 
just based on survival, almost like a feast or famine attitude. Like, hey, I'm a hunter, and while the hunting is good, I'm going to hunt as much as I can and you know reap as much benefit as I can to utilize for different things. But like at the end, when he steals the money from the kid, he or whatever, <laughs> when he relieves him of his wallet, uh, he dumps all this money into the hands of the mechanic lady and. Uh, she gladly takes it, and it looks like it's way too much based on her reaction. And he kind of nonchalantly just says, will this cover it? I don't know if those are New Republic credits or what the deal is, because he was dealing in calamari flan before, and, uh, you know, different currencies. So I don't know exactly all what was behind that, but that was like a way that he showed his gratitude. But he also showed a lot of generous generosity in leaving the kid with, um, with the, uh, the killer that they were after with their mark. Um, Fennec, Fennec Shand, it's a cool name by the way, and, uh, you know, volunteering to go get the, the do back to, you know, bring her back and, you know, if, if everything went according to plan, yeah, he was going to get a bunch of money, but he was also, um, like giving a little because he could have stood his ground and fought it out or, you know, pistol whipped the kid or whatever. But he said like, now nah, I'm going to be the bigger man. I'm going to let him, uh, earn my trust. I'm going to earn his trust by going and coming back. And, uh, you know, hopefully it won't take too long or whatever. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, there's a vulnerability to him. He's willing to let himself. He's willing to take a hit. He's willing to uh, lose or come up short in some ways. But he's also always angling for his survival. So he's not like this bleeding heart who's just um, going to do things that are to his detriment uh, just because he's going to... It seems like there's a moral code and that he wants to do the right thing. And, like, him killing the bounty hunter who was after him and the child earlier... If someone's going to kill you, you got to kill them first, some would say. So, uh, you know, that's understandable. But then I, it's not obvious to me that the arm, the shoulder or arm shot that he got on the kid was fatal. Um, he wanted to keep Fennec alive, um, partially because she was more valuable. So there's an interesting blend of, like, pragmatism and, like, uh, a higher morality. Where, like, he, yeah, he's willing to kill and he doesn't necessarily feel sorry for it because it's about survival. But, like, his focus is survival. But he also doesn't seem to want to like wantonly wound or damage the world around him because if you're just going through tearing things up what's left for you if you've survived you know, a world full of brokenness and it doesn't seem like that's what he wants and it's just a very interesting dynamic uh like we don't know the bushido or like the, the warrior way of the mandalorians 100 percent yet um like kotor and other sources would have you believe that they just wanted to conquer for the sake of conquering, the sake of the challenge. And, uh, you know, like Candyman back in KOTOR saying that, uh, you know, the Republic was, or the Mandalorians were thrilled when they were almost defeated by the Sith. It was the you know, thrill of their lifetime, and they wish they uh, could just achieve that once again. Almost like a Viking-type mentality, or what I have known of Vikings, that, like, you know, they want to die and then go to Valhalla, where they'll continue to die uh, you know, unendingly in combat, fighting each other, because it's so great and glorious. And I have nothing against, you know, manhood or manliness, or, uh, you know, kind of martial uh, ideals to some extent, but there needs to be that balance, there. there needs to be that softness, and the Mandalorian contains that softness, and we're seeing more of that revealed as we go forward, and it's representing a really interesting balance of what um, I'm going to twist a term real quick, a strong male character can be because he can also be weak and vulnerable and soft and emotional in some ways, or a lot of ways, um, <laughs> even if it's hard to see. Um, because you can't see it on his face or read it on his face, but you can see it in his actions and how he treats people around him. And I think it's just super interesting.
think that's all I have to say for now. Go ahead and head over to mjmunoz.com FO to check out all of my fully operational analysis. Follow along to see all my uh, reviews and analyses of The Mandalorian as well as lots of other Star Wars stuff. I've got Star Wars books um, that I've reviewed, comic books as well. Uh, one day I will really get all nine Star Wars movies up there, the main ones, and then I'll get the others too at some point. But uh, I've got a lot going on. I'm, a, I'm an artist, a writer, and a podcaster, so there's lots of things uh, that I'm doing all the time that keep me busy and keep me on kind of a funny schedule, less than I would want. Um, if I were freed up uh, by you know selling books or getting a you know, bigger following, I could definitely focus on more of these things and have a more consistent release schedule, but doing the best I can, and I'm just... Uh, putting out there and hoping that you all enjoy and I sure am enjoying it so anyway I ask that you check me out uh go ahead and you can follow along my links at mjmunoz.com slash fo or mjmunoz.com slash podcasts um to and check out the podcast menu to find out how you can subscribe all the different ways there's video versions there's audio versions um there's show notes on a lot of the uh podcasts not 100% of everyone every single episode gets one but most of them get them most of them Anyway, check that out, and uh, take care, folks, and uh, yeah, just take care. Until next time.